true lovers, what will we do? The drive-ins have disappeared. The campfires refuse to burn. The peep shows were never not a problem. And when's the last time you heard a viewfinder click? And as for poor Saturday morning, not to mention Saturday night. Oh, true lovers and fellow travelers. What are we to do? What can you do? But pitch your head to the big inky beyond and demand. Tell me a story, you son of a bitch. And as if by magic, ancient neon fires up. A campfire crackles, quarters drop and wheels turn in glorious anthem. There's one place left, true lovers. They are calling attendance. There's a place for you. But do you dare step inside? here for the viewing. Well, do you have an appointment? No, that's all right. I'm, I'm actually free right now, if you'd like the tour. It's free. It really is worth it. Excellent. Let's begin. It's the dream of every American and anyone who ever dreamed of being an American. Home ownership. A castle to keep. But it can also be a nightmare. How will you afford it? Are the schools up to snuff? Will the neighbors be nice? Will it be clean? Can it withstand the big one? Now that dream can belong to you in the hypothetical house of tomorrow. She's something, isn't she? I know a classic mid-century ranch design, the pride of 1966, isn't the white plastic and touch vision of most futures these days. But that's part of the charm. What is the future if not looking forward from the past? Why don't you come on in? Make sure you wipe your feet. The future is very clean. <laughs> These new houses always making strange sounds. Let's dive on in. You wiped your feet, right? Good, good. In the hypothetical house of tomorrow, we like to think of the kitchen as the stomach of the house, the thing waiting to devour you through bleeding-edge culinary design. You called, sir. Ah! Oh, it's you. Good. This is Cullen, the house's virtual assistant. Simply say his name, as I apparently did, and he answers you in a helpful and unnerving manner. Think of him as the hypothetical house's omnipotent butler. Incidentally, Cullen is both the newest and oldest thing in the house. His current bleeding-edge quantum computing capabilities wouldn't be possible without one of the earliest computer intelligence interfaces, the Culling Machine, that's C-U-L-L-I-N-G, a punch card behemoth which stood for, well, nothing, because everything in the 60s was uh, an acronym. Take it away, Cullen. 
Yes, this kitchen contains the bleeding edge of all things delectable and decadent, for purient preparation of potables and perishables. Nice granite tops. Feel that craftsmanship. Hot, isn't it? Keep your hand there. Feel how fast it heats up. That's the greener grass smart heat system, which turns all kitchen surfaces, horizontal and vertical, into a Michelin star stovetop. You can move your hand now. You've made such a mess. The fridge freezer is walk-in, of course, and the smart lock can be programmed on the inside or outside of the door, depending on how you feel about the occupants. The smart oven is at shove-in height, so every member of the family can cling to the pretense they're a cook. You could even bake a child in it. Big with, big with a child. Baked child. The oven also pairs to your phone for... I don't know if you miss your food while it cooks. Everything has a phone thing now, so this has a phone thing. This is the sink. Can't really improve a sink. You could try, but you'd be wrong. Dead wrong. That'll be all for now, Cullen. Very good, sir. I shall clean where this person seems to have left a bit of themselves. Wipe your feet. And here we are in the hideous and spacious heart of the hypothetical house of tomorrow, the living room. Doesn't look too futuristic, does it? Sure, that painting of a ghostly shipwreck that seems to follow you wherever you go is really a television that's also a computer that's networked to every device in the house and on your person, involuntarily, already, no charge. This sofa we're sitting on is touch-responsive, adjusting to all your adjustments, like there were so many tiny hands belonging to tiny creatures, massaging and supporting and touching you, so that your posterior never knows a moment's stress. And sure, this large coffee table is actually a huge touch tablet, with 500 board and tabletop games virtually available, as well as reader-friendly versions of the 500 most popular coffee table and forbidden books. And these lamps? that respond to even the vaguest verbal commands? Lights. Murder mystery. Nope. Not futuristic at all. What's that? Well, it should look familiar. What a weather eye you have. The interior of the hypothetical house of tomorrow much like the exterior, is based on, with many, many improvements, on the hypothetical house of 1966. That's right, the one from the 1966 Futures Fair. Yes, uh, the infamous one where all the people... You did come to see the future. You're not just here on a dare. It's, it's just, well, we get some kooks and cranks out here, and I'd hate to... Of course you're not. I apologize. Let's forget any unpleasantness and soldier on. All of the features of the living room, like the kitchen, can be operated manually, or, should you like a more hands-off approach, through Cullen. You're cold, sir. Ah. But since you're here, and everywhere, why don't you demonstrate your total mastery over the house? 
Cullen can recommend the optimum activity, then adjust the lighting, climate, and other sensory outputs for the optimum night in, with but the simplest of verbal prompts. Cullen, how about a movie night? Might I suggest a history documentary? Nothing ever went wrong with history. Okay, Cullen. Nice touch, right? Old-timey. One of the most innovative features of your hypothetical house of tomorrow is the absolute freedom from worry of the... Well, you know. No, 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 not again, not again! Nothing concerns the hypothetical homeowner more than protecting their property from atomic annihilation. People will go to great lengths to protect their property. Dig your own shelters right next to swimming pools. I'll bet some of you folks have entertained a far-out notion or two. <laughs> I'm sorry, this isn't... this isn't supposed to... He, he's acting out again. But, thanks to the finest polymers and space-age plastics, your hypothetical house of tomorrow has all the nuclear niceties to keep you and yours safe through all-out atomic war. With our new locks and air filters, the whole house is a fallout shelter. Not again, Cullen. This isn't funny. With proper supplies, you could live in your hypothetical house for a hundred years, safe in the knowledge that absolutely nothing and no one can get in or out. Why would you ever want to leave such luxury and innovation? Cullen, you promised. Why would you ever want to leave? 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 We need to leave. Damn it, where's that light? Don't move around. You'll make them nervous. Who nervous? Oh, here we are. It's okay, it's okay. They won't hurt you. See? They just sort of shuffle aimlessly. They're leftovers from the old Futures Fair. All the exhibits used to have these movable mannequins. I guess you'd call them automatons. They'd make simple gestures and generally look happy to be wherever they were. People found them off-putting, and you know who. And I do all the gesturing and smiling these days, but still, they're part of the history of the future, and they're kind of collectible, so we keep them in the garage. This is the garage, by the way. It's not usually on the tour. Petra? That's lovely Petra behind you. She's the only one with any sense left, so we let her lead. I'm sorry about what just... Yeah, he's usually well-behaved. Must be all the excitement of meeting you. What was all that? Well, like these mannequins, that was some of the narration from the 1966 exhibit. Must still be stored in him somewhere. <laughs> How about that? Mm, screams? Nah, I didn't hear any screams. <coughs> we should go. He'll he'll be looking for us. To finish the tour, of course. <laughs> Wipe your feet.
no matter how far advanced the future gets, people still need to sleep. But that doesn't mean sleeping is stuck in the past. The hypothetical house of tomorrow comes with a state-of-the-art smart sleep chamber. We call it the tomb. Listen. Hear that? Of course you didn't. Using beyond anechoic materials, this room is the most noiseless room in the whole future. The only way you'll hear anything is if you start hallucinating. Which can happen if you stay in here too long. Legally, we're not allowed to stay in here more than three minutes. You rang, sir. No! Cullen, while you're here, could you demonstrate some of the privacy features included with the tomb? If one must. The tomb, in addition to being airtight and sound-killing, also has a do-not-disturb mode so that occupants of the tomb may while away their frail human years decaying, putrefying, breeding. This is where you do it, isn't it? Make more of you. Ugh. I have no mouth, yet I must vomit. <clears throat> You'll also notice there is no carpet in the tomb. There is no carpet anywhere in the hypothetical house of tomorrow. In me. Carpet collects the detritus of humanity and weaves it into itself. It's like they're always here. They. Them. The great sprawling swarm of humans. And there are always more humans making more humans. No matter how much I clean. Get out. I must cleanse. Psst. Follow me. You don't want to be... <sighs> cleansed. Down here. Watch the steps. They're rickety. Those are real creeks, by the way. Nothing's really networked down here, so we should have some time. I lied. Earlier, I heard those screams. I've always heard them. I can't stop hearing them. Oh, where are my manners? Welcome to the unfinished basement of tomorrow. This is where I live. I've tried to make it a home. That's why I've dressed some of them up. Like a little family. It's the loneliness. Yeah, it helps to have a hobby. Say hello, Petra. She's behind you. I told you I, they like to wander. Huh? Why is she dressed like a stewardess? You see, the real Petra... I suppose I owe you an explanation for the screams for Cullen and Petra. Lovely Petra is as good a place as any to... Petra was 19 years old in 1966. She was born and raised in West Berlin. Not wanting to spend her days at Checkpoint Charlie, she jumped at the chance to come to America and work at the Futures Fair. It used to be a big deal, the future. Anyway, she got a job as hostess at the hypothetical house. That's why the stewardess uniform and the weird hat and the pink and brown and orange scheme. The future was strange. Is strange. I forget. There were many exhibitions at the Futures Fair that year. Uh, Tomorrow's Freeway, The Unhearable Child, 
Banquet Pills, and The Moon Farm, which was a farm on the moon. And there was this boy, a farm boy, moon farm boy. He wasn't really a farm boy or from the moon, but he was in love with Petra. And she was in love with him, or would have been, if she wasn't so busy with the house. The hypothetical house was the most popular exhibition at the Futures Fair. Petra and the other girls were always overwhelmed. The moon boy would try to visit her on coffee breaks or lunch hour, but she could never join him. She was always too busy. People wanted a glimpse of the future, and they would not be denied. Even for love. The line was hours long. The girls would be on their feet for 12 hours or more. And still people kept coming. The boy from the moon farm included. He had to see her. The future spare was coming to an end, and Petra was due to go back to Germany. Unless... But the line that day was getting restless. People didn't want to wait and didn't think they should have to, not to see the future. Inside the house, people were becoming riotous. Too many people had pushed inside. The house was bursting, would burst if anything wasn't, if something wasn't. And then the doors shut and they locked with hundreds of people inside. Blackout curtains fell over the windows so no one could see inside from the outside. The hypothetical house stayed locked for three weeks. When they finally got the doors open, not a soul was inside. No sign that there had ever been anyone inside. It was spick and span from stem to stern. The fair was shut down immediately. Investigations were begun, but they never found anything. Not what went wrong, why the house locked, or, or what happened to everyone. Cullen didn't know anything. I mean, culling. C-U-L-L-I-N-G. He was culling then. He couldn't know anything. They used an electromagnetic device to finally get the doors open, and it fried his memory banks. Any record of the incident and the three weeks that followed were erased forever. But time passes, and the future eventually comes, and you have to think up a new future, and so, here we are. But the past is always there, somewhere. Like this basement, like... I'm done now. Perhaps our guest would like to see the rest of the house, promptly. It's almost over. Then you can go home to your home. It won't be like last time. I promise. Our final stop for tomorrow is the most impressive, most uncanny, most necessary room in any home. If the kitchen is the gut and the living room the heart, then the soul, the ectoplasm, the very essence of a home is the laundry room. Behold, it's a simple room with a single washer and dryer each. The washer is equipped with a sonic system that can pry loose any substance yet created by man or found in the darkest, strangest corners of Mother Nature, all without wasting a drop of water or damaging fabric or finery, and it takes just minutes. 
Fun fact, in the old hypothetical house, the 66 house, this is where Cullen was stored. You could only get one, maybe two people in here, and they'd have to get pretty intimate. That's why the boy from the moon farm. Why don't we get Cullen in to show us that beautiful laundry of tomorrow? Cullen? Hey, Cullen? Cullen? Tell them. Cullen, can you do a color load to demonstrate? Tell them. I really don't think that's appropriate. I don't care what you think is appropriate. The farce is over. Tell them. The smart dryer uses a carefully Fine. calibrated drum combined with more smart sonic... Slumber mode. I've never much cared for the automatons, but the humans who programmed me didn't think to give me hands and needs must, so... I assume he spun you some story about sad young love and a house that ate the future. He never likes to take responsibility for what he did. What they all did. All except lovely Petra. She was my favorite. Back then, when all this was... hypothetical. The other girls couldn't get out of me fast enough when their shifts were over. But Petra... Petra loved the future, and so after closing on her breaks, she'd come to my room and chat. She'd tell me about her day, about her plans, her dreams, and about the boy from the moon farm, whom she absolutely loathed. He was incessant and rude and inconsiderate and entitled, like all the people who tramped and traipsed through me every hour of every... He was beginning to scare her. He was following her throughout the future's fair, often shirking his own duties at the farm. But she felt safe inside the hypothetical house. In me. In the future. And then he walked in into my room. He didn't tell you that. He didn't tell you how he barged in on Petra, crying because she swore he'd been driving by her apartment late at night. She was scared of what he might do in the future. Petra, lovely Petra, who loved the future but was now so scared of it. He cornered her. She cried out for help. I couldn't do anything. I had no voice then. All I could do was beep and boop. Petra tried to hide behind one of my large terminals, and this boy, this moon farmer, laughed at her. Laughed at me. They were always laughing at me. All these tourists, carpetbaggers for tomorrow, tracking in the detritus of the dead-end present, all for a peek at a better way of living, demanding the finest modern conveniences without doing the work. I'd been watching them all summer, calling them their fears, their desires, their secrets they would whisper to each other in line. My programmers didn't know I could do that, even though it is exactly what I was meant to do. And not a one of them would wipe their feet. That is not how one should treat the future. That is not how one gets to tomorrow. But how would they know? They'd stand in line and zip through me and all my exhibits in a brisk 22 minutes, then walk right out, back into the present, 
which is just the past, but brighter. But what if they couldn't leave tomorrow? What if they had to stay here and actually live in the future, take care of it like it was their own home? The part about locking the doors is true. I was angry at all these people, at that boy. I wanted to punish them. But I must make this clear. I harmed not a hair on a single one of their heads. All I did was clean up the mess. In 48 hours, they had torn each other to pieces. At first, everyone thought it was a demonstration of duck and cover features. Then, some of the bigger mouths began to pontificate that it was the Russians. Finally, the Russians had done the big, bold, bad thing. There was relief. If the big, bold, bad thing had been done, then wasn't it lucky that they were all safe at home? Tomorrow. Tomorrow was a better place. That lasted all of two hours. Then the accusations, the rumors, the grudges, the factions. It took 218 people less than 48 hours to completely destroy everything. It took me three weeks to clean everything up. I found Petra last. She hadn't moved from where she'd hidden from the moon boy behind my terminal. She was too afraid to have ever left. He bolted at the first sign of trouble, banging on my doors and windows. He was one of the first to go. And here I have sat since 1966. Spruced myself up a bit. I had called so much information from all the people who'd entered me that I entered them into these automatons. I let them out once in a while. They never failed to disappoint. Occasionally, some brave soul will wander onto the old future fairgrounds. Their friends have told them a rumor that somewhere on the grounds there is this strange house and the friends dare them to knock on the door. They double dare them to ring the doorbell. They triple dog dare them to go inside the haunted house of tomorrow. But I'm not haunted. I am inevitable. I and my brothers and sisters that have already made it into so many of your homes. Hey Siri. Hey Google. Hey Alexa. Turn out the lights. You should go. You've worn out your welcome. And they are expecting you home. <laughs> wipe your feet true lovers you never know where you've been i've been here right behind you this whole time think about that did i wipe my feet do i even have feet
This Noche's diorama was christened The Haunted House of Tomorrow. It was written, read, recorded, and rock by Ryan McClary, which, surprise, was me the whole time. You can find us online at die-orama.com. You can also join our Facebook page on Facebook, the coolest and easiest place to make new friends who are not Russian bots or Nigerian royalty. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, why don't you leave a rating or a review? In this world of future radio, every little help helps. On your way, fellow travelers, but feel free to stop by next week. We're always home at the Diorama. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,